Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Anthony Lou Luhan. With with me, as always, my co-host Clifford Red Dog Miller. This is Get the KO, and it is by um, Frankie Culture. And we are talking about MMA. We're going to talk about some boxing. Cliff, say what's up. Yo, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I Cliff is sulky right now because I just switched it up and said I want to lead off. I remember last week you were like, oh yeah, this is the lamest, lamest opening ever, blah, 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 blah. And I'm expecting like pure fire to come out for this week. And what we got was hot garbage. <laughs> Let's try this again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I'm Hold just on. kidding. Let's just get into this because what we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. Let's start off with... 237, we had UFC 237 two weeks ago. We did not record last week because on Mother's Day and we decided to spoil our wives and moms and let them enjoy their day. So we didn't, we didn't get to record last week, Cliff. So we have UFC 237, we have a fight night, we have some boxing, we have some one fighting to talk about. There's a, there's a ton of stuff that's happened in the last two weeks that I'm excited to blow off some steam about. Well, let's jump into it, right? So... Obviously, uh, UFC 237 uh, was last week. It was on Mother's Day, as he had, as, as Anthony has mentioned. Um, crazy part is Francisco Trilnado versus uh, Carlos Diego uh, Ferreira um, actually was canceled. So it was supposed to be the first fight of the night. Um, it didn't happen. But what we did get was uh, Arlena Aldana versus Beth Correa. And let's be honest, man. Uh, if you're reading the stats on this fight... You definitely knew who won this fight. So, it's a lot of things coming out for Beth Korea. Obviously, she, you know, she had a loss with Ronda a few years ago. She was starting to make her way through. She dropped a couple more. Then she had a a no contest. Um, but for the total stats-wise, we have uh, Erlene with uh, 84 of 248 for total strikes. Significant strikes were 83 of 247 with one submission attempt, no takedowns. Uh, Beth Korea, 81 of 196. Uh, total strikes as well as significant strikes, and she was over 200 takedowns. Now this fight ended in a submission, uh, so big win for uh, Aldana. I was, uh, I was, I'm not gonna lie, man. I was thoroughly impressed with her. She, uh, she looked super smooth, especially coming out. Um, she, uh, I didn't even know how to explain. Like, she had an answer for everything Beth Korea was trying to throw out, and it was just, it was an amazing, amazing moment to watch. Um, she did win by armbar um, in the uh, third round. So, yeah, big ups to her. What you What do you think of this fight, Anthony? It was a good fight. Um, that armbar was very nice by her. Uh, sad, sad to see another loss by um, Beth Korea. Um, she started off undefeated. If anybody remembers, her first loss was to Ronda Rousey, like Cliff said. But then she lost her to Raquel Pennington. Pennington. She beat Jessica by split decision, got a majority draw, um, lost to Holly Holm, and lost to Irene now. So it's been a few years since she's uh, really done anything in the USC. She beat Justin Dukesha. She beat Shayna Baszler. But who knows what's going to happen with her in the future of the UFC. I mean, BC was talking about they might even think about cutting her. Yeah, that's crazy that she's – 
I, I wouldn't say that she's fallen from grace, but you know, since that loss to Ronda, like she's really struggled to find her footing again. And obviously, losing to Holly, she's lost to like legit people. It's not like we're saying that she's she's a, a scrub because she's not. She's definitely very tough. But um, yeah, man, it's it's tough watching because it's like the the fight game is catching her and it's like starting to surpass her. And there's nothing she can do about it. Definitely. Let's move up to the next fight. You had um, Fagio Alves versus Leonardo Starpoli. Is that how you say that, Cliff? Starpoli. And this was a, a decision win for Starpoli. Um, looking at the stats, it was, very, it's a, it was a very, very close uh, stat-wise. It was... 59 of 148 for Alves to 57 of 205 from Starpoli. Significant strikes you had 58 of 147 for Alves, 54 of 202 for uh, Starpoli. Uh, 100% for takedowns for Starpoli, one of one, and one of three for Thagi Alves. Yeah, you know what's funny is I felt like I was watching this fight too, and I really felt like Starpoli like, came out firing on all cylinders. He looked really good, and it's crazy because, like, I'm such a huge fan of Tiago Alves. Like, the Pitbull is just one of those guys. Like, I remember watching him when he was fighting GSP, and he um, destroyed Matt Hughes' knee. Um, but then, like, it's weird because he's so, it's still so cool to see that he's in, he's competitive, but it's, like, it's also very tough to watch because it's, like, you know he's getting older, and you're, like, I just, I want you to, have success, but not at the cost of your health. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a good fight. I, w- I was very entertained by that fight. Uh, this was supposed to we. This was supposed to be the second fight of the night um, behind the Francisco Trinaldo fight. So we start off zero and one because we both picked Thagio Alves to win that fight. Yeah, that was that's that's a tough loss. Scorecards had it uh, thirty twenty seven, thirty twenty seven, and twenty nine twenty eight. I think I had it thirty twenty seven because I felt like Starpoli, uh, he was doing he was way more active, more aggressive. He was landing a lot more blows, and uh, he was just it was just a steady movement by him that that led me to believe that Tiago wasn't going to win this fight. I had it thirty twenty seven as well. We'll move up to the next card, right? So Alexander Volnovsky versus uh, Jose Aldo. Now this is a big fight because Jose is like. Upper old, he's older, but he's still like one of like the most dominant fighters um, in a featherweight division. But and Alexander Volnovsky destroyed him, and uh, it wasn't even fair. Like let's just be honest. Scorecards had it thirty twenty seven, thirty twenty seven, thirty twenty seven, all in decision for him. Uh, yeah, I was like, good God, man! Like, could you just stop destroying Jose Aldo for a little bit? Um, total punch stats, uh, Jose Aldo was 39 of 90, uh, 29 of, tw- 29 of 79 for significant strikes, over one for takedowns, uh, Alexander was 129 of 215, 95 of 176, and an over three for takedowns, and it's just something that Anthony and I always say, if you are landing more strikes than the other person is throwing, you're not winning the fight. You could... Crazy is it though? Nine out of ten times you're not winning the fight. How and crazy is it though? Really? Um, he landed more significant strikes than Jose threw all fight. It 
was pure dominance by Alexander Volkanovsky. He, uh, which really just, it hurts me in a way because we're just watching this guy just take out people. Chad Mendez, now Jose Waldo, Aldo, um, and no love for the brother. No love by Dana White. Dana White said, nope, you're not getting that title shot. Um, it's, I think I th- Jose looked good coming out too. He looked fresh. He looked like he was comfortable and he was like, and I'm like, oh man, Jose's coming out like the old Jose and this is about to be a dominant fight for Jose and turned out Volkanovski was too much. Oh yeah, it was definitely way too much. It was massive. And he had, I mean, he had nothing for it. He really didn't. He didn't have an answer. He just got punished. That's all it, that's all it took. Um, so yeah, big ups to Alexander Volkanovski on his, uh, his win over uh, Jose Aldo. And hopefully we'll see him soon in that title contention because he earned it and he really deserves it so moving up man we have the co-main event of the night uh jared cannonier versus anderson silva again this is what we're going to go back to and talk about uh anderson silva older fighter um but he did have that broken leg and i i I don't know why i'm caveat it like that um but this was a tko uh in the first round four minutes 47 seconds but it was the way the fight ended. It wasn't a KO, per se, of like it being a knockout, even a TKO. Uh, Jared Canier landed a, a right strike to Anderson Silva's left leg, or right leg. Um, and as soon as Anderson put weight on his knee, everything gave out. And he went down, he grabbed his legs, he waved to the ref to stop the fight. Ref stops the fight, and that was it. Like... Anderson Silva was having trouble, like, walking. You know, he told Jared a hey, great job, but he had to be carried down the stairs. He couldn't walk. It was a very scary situation for Anderson Silva. And I have to say, like, it, it is what it is, man. It was just, I think maybe it's probably time for Anderson Silva to hang up those gloves and just, like, ride out the rest of his career as a coach. Oh, we, we talked about this on his last fight. Or the our prediction show. It's Anderson Silva. We both taught we both I was strongly saying it more than you were and saying that it's Anderson Silva. He's the greatest MMA fighter ever to 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 enter that cage. And based on like a ten year a, a ten year period of him dominating the UFC, he's enough he's gonna be able to fight whenever he wants. And he should. Um after this fight, it's it's more of, bro, move on. You got to be done. You have to be done. You're, you're, you're not as hungry as you used to be. You're not as tough as you used to be because of the stuff that's happening to you. Like you like you said, Cliff, I think it's time for him to move on to being a coach. Yep. It, it, it's sad. It's sad to say, but it is what it is at that time. So getting to this main event, right? And, yeah, so this is going to be a little controversial. Uh, actually, Anthony, we had this discussion off-air last this last week, actually. So, Thug Rose versus Jessica Andrade. Championship match, 237. And it ended in KO by slam for Jessica Andrade. And new, as Anthony would like to say. Um, Doug Rose was winning the fight. I'm just going to be flat honest with everybody. If you ask me, she was winning the fight. Getting into the second round, 
I thought she was doing a lot of great jobs of dominating the round um, as far as the striking went. Where she was failing, though, was in takedown defense, right? She just, anytime Jess was trying to pick her up, Jess could just pick her up, and that was all it took. Um, the first time, though, in the first round, Jess picks up Rose. Rose tries to lock in the Kimura. She keeps it tight, and she gets slammed, but she's able to kind of power through and still work. And Jess freaks out, let's go, gets up, and they get back to standing. Second round, I don't know, Thug got a little lazy on trying to ride down the Kimura, um, and she left herself wide open, got slammed right on her neck, um, and it put her out. Um, I say it put it on, I say it slammed on her neck. It was like the side of her face. Um, but the way, if you paused it and just looked at it, the way she just got slammed was god-awful. <laughs> I'll be honest. But, credits to Jessica Drade, she won the fight because of it. Uh, it finished out uh, Thug. Thug went out. And there was just, there was nothing for her in that fight. There was nothing left. So, it was what it was. But, big ups to, uh, you know, Jessica Andrade and new champ. I definitely am not going to take anything away from Jessica Andrade. She did what she was supposed to do and go out there and win. She won on a legal slam, but a very dangerous slam. And that's where the, I, th- I have problems. Because I am engaged to a woman that's broken her or fractured some of the parts of her neck and know how fragile it can be. Um, I also have a soldier that was injured during a, a, a mission uh, in North Carolina a few years ago, and now he's paralyzed. Um, shout out to you, Brett, by the way. I love you, brother. Um, I just, it's, it's, the UFC's got to have some kind of precautionary this 12 12 to 6 slams are legal it's called spiking i think 1 to 7 11 to 5 slams are in that same uh should be illegal too here's the reason you guys are professional fighters you guys practice takedowns all the time you practice striking all the time this is one in a few that happen me and Cliff have talked about him, the different slams that were just like, Jesus. And, but this one was like right on her neck. I think as a fighter, you have to be knowing your surroundings and knowing that, knowing how you're about to slam a girl. If you're holding her by her, your arm and you're about to slam her thinking she's going to roll and she doesn't, that's still on you. Even though she should have done that, which is, which is on Rose. I think as a fighter, as, as a UFC You've got to find a way to protect these fighters' neck because, yes, yeah, strikes are strikes, knees are knees, leg head kicks are head kicks. Nothing is more powerful than being lifted all the way in the air, stretched out, and slammed back onto your neck. Um, I wouldn't want that for, if, if, if my kids go into UFC or an M- MMA and helps them. I don't want to see that. I don't even want them to have that chance of that because that could kill them. Yes, I understand that there's things that happen to UFC. Look at MVP and and Evangelino Santos. He went in for a shoot. MVP went in and and need him. That happens. We don't ever see anything happen like that. It caved in his skull. That's a one in a million shot, by the way. That never happens. We see fighters injured by their neck from slams 
And when it's that bad on how high Rose was, I just think that the UFC has got to do some kind of precautionary to protect the fighters. But you see, like, I'm on the other side, man. Like, I, I get your argument, so I get, like, the, the rules. We talked about this, right, that, that uh, 12 to 6 obviously is illegal. Um, you said 11 to 5 and 1 to 7 drops should be as well because of the possibility of someone landing on their neck. But, like, in the same token, like, the rule states that if a slam goes where there's an arc, there's an obvious arc that you can see, then the slam is legal. And when you watch back that Thug Rose fight and she locks in that Kimura and her legs go up in an arcing motion, hey, it is what it is. And she, and I guess because, like, I could understand where, like, the rule comes from as far as, like, what you would like to see changed. Because I agree with you that maybe those three spikes, it's hard, or those three slams, it's hard to judge judge that slam, right? Even if you were to think about based on, like, a clock movement, it's just hard to judge those slams. But, like, if I'm dropping somebody from mid-range, right, or even high-range, like, say, I, I go for a powerbomb, right, and I expect this fighter to, you know, let's say, well, let's, let's take the Carlos Newton slam versus Matt Hughes, right, a few years ago. Well, actually, it was a long time ago, 97. So, Matt Hughes has Carlos Newton pressed against the cage. He's locked in a triangle choke. I just wanted that to be the caveat part, right, because that's exactly what happened. Instead of Carlos Newton coming down on his back, right, let's say that um, Matt Hughes, like, because he's going out, because he's in a triangle choke, he's going out, okay? If he goes, if he starts to slam Newton, but Newton goes to reach for his ankle instead of trying to land flat on his back, let's say he tries to go over his ankle and lands in, on his neck and injures himself, is that still on Matt Hughes' fault, though? I, I don't I, I I I don't even know. I just that's what I'm saying. More like, it's such a tough to call. I am. There's just a, a different. There's a different. There's a different between a power bomb, pretty much like like we've talked about, and a straight slam on the neck, and it's just scary. You know it. it and it, let's be real. Like I'm not trying to take anything away from the slam. That it was uncomfortable we'll put it that way right because it it was very awkward in the landing and everything that happened and i mean let's be real it shook and and i want to caveat this too because i know a lot of people have credited chess to possibly retiring rose but rose wasn't in this fight i i hope a lot of people know that rose went into this fight wanting to get rid of the title because and everybody's like, no, no, she wanted to fight. No, because if you saw her in a pro- post-fight, she legitimately looked like she had checked out. Like she was done. That was it. She didn't want to be around. She didn't want to be holding the title no more. So even though she was dominating this fight, I really, really can't stress that. I felt like Thug Rose had checked out. And she made an error. But I think that error benefited her. And she... Because she didn't even sound like she wanted to have a rematch. She sounded like she was done. She didn't want to be nowhere, nowhere in, the, in the UFC. And I'm not saying that the slam was the reason. It might have been a catalyst to why Thug wants to retire. But you can't blame Jess on the slam. And you could be like, well, they're pros. And you know, you have to be careful with the fighter when you're returning to the mat. Yeah, but 
even if they took all the precautions and something still happened like this instance, what would we do? What more could you do? I know like we've we've talked about Anthony, you and I talked about a a possible neck pad, but and I, I'm against the whole idea. I think any more things that you have to add to the to a quote unquote uniform for the UFC is a bad thing. Like the gloves are meant to be there for a reason. But the even when you were talking about it, right? And I don't want to sound sexist when I say this, but you kept referring to her and her and her and women, right? But in the same token, like we have not ever said, "Hey, here's another one in a million thing to happen." We watched. Okay, let's be real. We train a whole. We watch people train all the time, right? Frank Mir, right? Frank Mir broke two people's bones in the UFC cage. They didn't outlaw the armbar and they didn't outlaw the Kimura lock, but they still happen and they tap people out and they can. There's yeah, risk of a, injuries. A broken arm. A broken arm is a lot different than a broken neck. Regardless, there's dangers in the sport. Is what I'm trying to get at. Like, there's still danger in the sport, <laughs> and I get it. And there's like, low and like I danger said, and there's high danger. Danger is danger. We have to stop that. Danger no. is danger. If I no. if I knock Absolutely you out not. with a head kick, no, listen. If I hit you with a head kick and you fall in the cage and break your neck because of the way you landed awkwardly. Are we then going to say we need to find a better cage, or would we be like, oh, oh man, because that's, that's a different that's that's a that's that is so different that a, a, a leg kick to the head and and you but fall I, no, on the, the cage point being though it's not different and you getting slammed from high up onto your neck. The point it's not being a power bomb, is the control it's on your neck. No, the point being is the control the after the control of thinking about you right like. In WWE, right, we talk about you have to put your life in somebody else's hand. And you have to trust that they're not going to injure you, right? But in UFC, right, we're talking about I can't predict what you're going to do, right? If I go for a slam and listen, and just like I was using like as an example, let's, use, let's, say, let's say she lets go of the Kimura lock, right? If she had let go of the Kimura lock, Thug would have landed on her back. And she may have been knocked out. She may have not. Who knows? We don't know, right? But the idea is, how am I supposed to, if I'm returning you back to the mat, right? And even if we did it in a safe fashion, like we were just talking, right? If we did it in a quote-unquote safe fashion, and I turned, I got the arc, right? And all of a sudden, you decide that you're going to try to grab my ankle because you want to try to grab, like, the quick split. What happens when you land on your head? You know what I mean? Like, I can't control what you decided to do mid-drop. You can control when you're slamming somebody from eleven to eleven o'clock to, to five o'clock slam. That 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 you're going down. It's not like she was really slamming on her back. She was going to go slam her, and she didn't talk. She didn't go or talk. And and I and I get that, and I definitely. But you're still going up from an, a, a, a high arcing slam rather than a mid range slam. It's not like you pick the guy up and. And power and and Mark Henry, uh, Shawnee's man slammed him. No, you picked her up from the very top, as far as you could reach. You are back as far as you can reach, and you went to slam her towards your head, and not thinking that she's gonna let go. Hey, it is what it is, man. At that point, like, like I said, to me, it was it was a ruthless slam. I will not argue that point. It was very uncomfortable to watch, and 
did it do the job? Yes. Is there something that the UFC could possibly put in as a rule to help, like, prevent something from like that happening again? Probably. Will we see it? Probably not. But I'm just saying that to me, it just looked like a freak slam. Like it just, it wasn't. I don't. It. I just. I didn't feel like it was a controlled situation. Like I felt like it was out of control because. On a normal basis, we've watched this happen with other guys who go to get slammed. Either they pop up to their feet and refuse to get slammed, or they let go of the lock and they get slammed to the back. And we've seen other fighters do it. There was um, four weeks ago, we were just talking about the slam. Um, dude tried to lock in um, a standing guillotine. And instead of getting locked in the guillotine, a guy scooped a double leg up picked the guy up, grabbed him by the forehead, and slammed him into the mat. Vicious slam at that. And we were just like, oh, well, that happens. But the guy's head what, bounced off the ground wait, like, wait, twice. Wait. Okay, great. But where, where the, the guy that slammed him, where, where was he at? Was he at the very peak of his uh, – that he could not – like he's reaching up trying to change a light bulb? Or was he medium having control in that slam? Hey. All I'm saying is that if we're going to put in rules to help protect the fighters, let's put them in. But my point being, though, is that this was a one and a million slam. And I as much get, as, as much as you talk, talk about slams, look at the power bombs that happen. They don't power bomb them on their neck; they power bomb on the back. And yes, sometimes their head does whip, get whiplash back, but that's a less percentage of being paralyzed. And getting slammed on your we've neck. Watched, we've watched Rampage slam numerous dudes on their shoulders their and neck. Not just their back. On their back. But the, we've watched ones Rampage that, the ones slam that, the, on... The videos that we've seen... Baloney. Baloney, baloney. Anyways, so we're never going to... We're never going to agree to this we'll one. we agree to this Because movie. we're so... Yeah, we're so, we're so in love with this sport that... We're, we're, it's just... Ah, ah, Cliff, if you were here, I'd put you in a guillotine. And then I would slam you on your shoulders. Too heavy. You wouldn't be able to slam my fat ass. (laughs) So, you know what? But the thing is, is, and what we can agree on, right, is that we do do agree that the slam was vicious. The slam was, it was uncomfortable to watch, and there probably should be rule changes to the UFC to help prevent that, right? And I agree with you on that point. I, I will not take that from you. When it comes to safety... Yes, we should be looking out for the safety of our fighters. I just want to say, I still believe this was a one in a million slam that was uncomfortable. And I think it was uncomfortable, and I know people are going to probably be pissed when I say this, because it was two females. If it was a male, two Ooh, males. Oh, no, you cannot do that. I, I, I'm just saying, we've seen numerous slams from other people. And it's never been an issue. When it comes to males, we talk about how vicious those slams are. And we never we never bring this up. But because of the way it rolled, I 100%. I don't want to say 100%. I, I have to think that that's the reason. Because I'm going to be honest. When I saw that slam, I imagined my daughter. I didn't, I didn't imagine. I didn't imagine seeing. Let's be real. I didn't imagine seeing Rampage. I didn't see that. I was just like, damn, I wonder what that I wonder what that would have been like if I saw my daughter get slammed like that. If my daughter was Thug Rose, what I would have thought. I never once thought, man. I would not want to see my daughter. I never want to see my daughter go through that. 
or my son. But that's what I'm saying. My but son. what I'm saying is if when you when you really think about it, if we would have seen because like let's be real, man, we didn't throw in a rule change. We didn't ask for a rule change for for uh for MVP when he knocked out uh Santos. We didn't ask for that. It didn't happen. Why? But I'm just saying, like, Why? freak, freak because accidents. Because we see people get, see people, see people get, we see people get need in their head all the time, and it never happens like that. There's a difference. If it was a male, if John Jones picks up Anthony Lionheart Smith all the way where he could, where he's stretched out and slams Anthony Lionheart Smith on his neck, I'm gonna say no. That you can't do that to a fighter because it's a fighter. It's not a female. It's not a male. It's it has happened to be a female that male uh, two females doing it, but it would it's ultimately every fighter. I don't want to see a fighter get slammed from way up top. Look at Owen Hart. I never want to see another freak accident like that happen again, where he falls on a, a freak accident. He falls, hits a buckle, lands on his neck, and dies. I don't want to see that anybody happen like that. But the crazy part was, since you want to bring up on Hart, when we watched, Sting got lowered down like three, four more times after that happened, and nothing happened. And since then, and I and I know we're talking about this, like I know this is on the wrestling side. Since then, um, other fighter or other wrestlers have been lowered from lowered from the Raptors, and it hasn't happened. Granted, and this is what I'm saying: it's freak accidents, right? And I, that's what I think about the slam. I think it's a. It was just a freak accident, and maybe you're right. Maybe it was just a coincidence that was two females, but it sparked a real conversation over slams. I I just think that like because every every video that you sent me when when we were talking about this off the air, power bomb after power bomb, they're getting they're getting slammed on their majority on their back. They're not getting slammed on their neck, and and that's like more of a controllable slam where. You're getting you're slamming somebody on the neck. It's the, the neck is so sensitive, and it's just it's just one of those things. You know what I mean? I just I don't even I'm I'm getting heated thinking about it just because I've I know two people that have been affected severely by neck injuries, and I'm just like I don't I don't I, I don't I don't want my my kids to ever have to go through that. I don't want anybody's I don't want somebody to have to bury their kid because the UFC doesn't have a rule of no slamming. And the we'll, we'll call it nipple area and up because on, on in the in the back. So like those shoulder 11 blades to, up. those eleven eleven to five slams, those one to seven slams, they they can hurt somebody. Yeah, and I and I I'm not knocking that. You want to bring up an interesting situation, man. So Darren draws wrestler wrestling D Lo Brown. On on SmackDown, right? And uh, D'Lo, who had the D'Lo Brown, the D'Lo bomb, right, was power bombing people left and right. He broke Draws's neck. Did they ban the power bomb? No, it was a freak because accident. it's still a more of a it's more of a controllable slam than get than slamming somebody that's more near your neck. And you but get you- power bombed, you're actually supposed to land on your back. That's what a power bomb is, and the slam that happened on two Saturdays ago wasn't meant to land on your back. It was meant to you're going to let go of my arm, 
regardless of how you're gonna, regardless of how you're gonna slam. Did she do it illegally? No, because there's not a rule. That there is a rule that she followed the the protocol of of arching her back and slamming her. But being slammed on your back is a lot different than having the opportunity of being slammed on your neck. But yes, D'Lo been powerbomb people for 15 years, and one thing happens: nothing happened. No protocols there. Look at look at all the headshots the U.S. the, the WWE has banned. Headshots with chairs because which of everything happening. You're you're saying it right, but we know that that could be a controlled situation, right? Headshots, like the WWE, like I don't know what their thought was in like letting chair shots go. Because now looking back, I'm like, man, that's brutal. Um, but what we're saying though, right? So we don't even know. Jess could be training like days in, days out, working on takedowns and slams, right? And this one slam that just happened to be televised could be the one where we're like, oh, sh- that needs to change right now. But we won't know. And it's what's weird. It's just, that's what I'm saying, though. I just, I really think that if we're going to talk about the slams and we're going to take a change, man, we don't know. We don't know because we don't know what our training camp is like. You don't. Again, I'm going to go back to it. Let's tweet out. Don't know. Let's tweet. Let's tweet. Let's tweet out everybody and fu- everybody, everybody, and find out if that's a, if that is a slam. You know what? You know who I can talk talk to? I can talk to my buddy Dwight that practices at Uriah Faber's greatest gym. That's actually that that exact slam that she just did is something that they practice. No, I didn't mind you. What I just said because I didn't say that exact slam. I said slams in general. I did not Control say that slam. exact slam. Otherwise, yeah, let's ask him. Let's ask him if they practice choke slams. Choke slams. Choke slams. All right. We're going to agree to move on. All right. We got more important things to talk about than uh, an issue that we can agree to disagree. We're going to Bellator 221. This was the same night as UFC 237 and the controversial slams. So. Starting from the bottom, we had Taiwan Claxton uh, defeating James Bennett. Um, this was uh, third round TKO, vicious knockout, by the way. Um, big win for uh, Claxton. Uh, my father and I, we watched this fight, and he was just like, what are we watching? I was like, this is, uh, you know, like the juniors division, Bellator. <laughs> so, yo, big win. Did you happen to get to see the, um, the Claxton-Bennett fight? I did not. I I turned on Bellator just to watch uh, the next three fights. All right, so we're going to jump into that fight. So we had Jake Hager, a.k.a. Jack Swagger, uh, defeating TJ Jones. (laughs) Go on, Anthony, say it. We the people. (laughs) So uh, Jake defeated uh, TJ via first-round arm triangle choke. Um, the thing about it, though, man, this was like, yo, we want to talk about controversy, okay? Like, Jack locks in this arm triangle choke, and uh, TJ, he didn't tap at first, but then he, like, immediately goes for a tap. And you see his legs are kicking because the ref is trying to pull Jake off of TJ, but Jake's not letting go of the tap. He's making the ref do his job and force him off the tap, right? It was insane because I was like, yo, Jake, you've got to figure this out, man. Like, as soon as the ref says enough, 
like let go and go. Um, but then like Jake cut his like heel promo where he was just like, go on guys, boo me. Cause right now I'm not going to lie. I'm rock hard. I've got a boner. Like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> the WWE clearly is not writing your promos for you, Jake. Like, you got to chill. I was like, this is a whole different world than what you're used to. I was like, I'm still trying to figure out, like, two weeks later, like, what Jake was, what were you doing? Like, I don't get it. I, uh, watch, I got to watch this fight. The The thing is, is, I can understand him when he making the referee do his job um, and tapping because you don't know if the guy's trying to hit you until he act legitimately you're going to stop. You're getting stopped by the ref. We've seen those where guys are tapping out, but he, they're tapping out so hard it feels like they're hitting you. Um, and and there's, there's so much going on with, with this fight because um, prior to the fight uh, – TJ Jones was mocking him about the we the people, we the people, nothing. You're saying this kept on like clowning him. And Jake came out and finished business, uh, did business and finished him off. His, his, his bad guy promo, <laughs> bro, sit in a mirror and look at yourself talk because you also said, go ahead and hate me because y'all out there and I'm in here too. Um, but shout out to Jake, dude. He got a big win. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Was it 2-0 and now in Octagon? Two great wins at that. Um, Gotta give the guy a lot of love because he's doing great. But you know what's funny is I, I come out here and I'm like, he cut this this bad guy promo and blah, 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 blah. But I've, I've told, I've said this numerous times, like on this show, we need more bad guys. And if, <laughs> if he's going to be that guy, by all means, do you, man. <laughs> Go ahead, Jake. Be Cliff, the bad guy. Cliff, Cliff, Cliff approves of you saying, <laughs> You're I rock am rock hard. hard. I got a boner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I approve of you sitting there telling people, boo. the reason why you boo me is because you're out there and I'm in here. Like, yo. Like, I, I hey, man, I'm not even going to lie to you. Do, do you. Get more heat. Everybody that you want that's, you want them to think you're the bad guy, go on and do it. Do your business, man. So moving up, right, we had uh, AJ McKee uh, defeat Pat Curran. Uh, this was by decision 30-27, uh, 30-26, which I thought was interesting. The last judge gave it a, a 10-8 round. Um, so, you know, Pat was not doing well in that fight. Kind of got outclassed a little bit. It is what it is. Next fight we got to talk about, though, and this was like the... Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa. What? I want to put my two cents on this fight. Yeah, put your two cents on this fight. Um, last judge had it 30-26. I had that fight 30-25. I thought he got dominated for two rounds where he didn't do anything. Oh. I I think I had it 30-27. I just gave him 10 nines. I, I, I just, it was, the, the new fight rules, it's, I don't think you did enough to gain a nine-point round in that first and second round. Moving I, on up to this next fight, Cliff, what we got? Oh my god, Douglas Lima defeats Michael Page. That's right. If if you didn't know, you're living on a rock and you're hearing this for the first time. Michael Venom Page went out KO second round. 
vicious knockout. And it all started because MVP thought he had Lima hurt and was trying to finish him. Goes for a flying knee, missed. Um, and then, like, took like a, it looked like he took like an awkward fall and he fell on all fours and then just got uppercutted in the mouth. And that was it. <laughs> Yo. He barely oh. touched him, too. That's how hard it was. He barely, like, it glazed him, and it was enough to say good night. Yeah. <laughs> just, Ben just fell over. He looked like, uh, he looked like Mufasa in The Lion King. He just dropped hands and feet down. I was like, oh, you know that hurts. <laughs> and that was it. was it. so great. MVP losing his first fight. And, like, they've been out here, like, Douglas Lima pretty much was like, if you think you're an invincible fighter, come find me. And I was like, nope. No, I don't. <laughs> and I will not. Because <laughs> that, that was I nasty. do not. Great win by Douglas Lima. And that moves him into the finals, right? Like, he's in the finals uh, for, the, for the tournament. Yes. Okay, and then uh, Patricio, um, you want? Oh yeah, give me your two cents on this fight, man. Jesus, dude, I'm I'm about to I'm about, the player tri- tribune's about to happen. Jesus, um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, how crazy is it that we saw Michael Venom Page lose after he dominated that first round and he dominated that 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 second round until that KO? Um, just crazy. Just he looked like he slipped. And got hit. Um, shout out to Douglas Lima. Boy, you a bad man. Yeah, because it looked like Venom Venom had the range. And he was reaching in for a punch. And Lima just landed his. And then you saw Venom drop to all four. And then slam, got hit with that, that hook. And like that was it. Put him out for the night. And I was like, Jesus, dude. I was sitting in the chair and I just stood up and I was like, Get out of here. Did I just witness MVP lose? And sure enough, I sure did. That was brutal, man. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, and wasn't he, wasn't Douglas Lima hurt in that first round? Did he get stunned? He did. He got stunned. Crazy. Very crazy. So then, uh, we got to move up to the final, right? Uh, this was, uh, Patricio Ferrer, uh, versus, uh, Michael Chandler. Uh, this was like, KO in a, in a minute. Uh, Ferrer, definitely, he, God, man, vicious knockout. Uh, you know, Chandler, Chandler just never saw it coming. Man, he just ate it to the ground. I did not get to watch that fight. Um, I flipped it over to watch 237. Um, but we were both wrong. We thought Chandler was going to to do it. And now is Pitbull a two-division champ? Was this for? No, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I thought this was a title fight too. That is like for a champ, champ belt. It was. I believe that it was for a, for uh, Michael Chandler's belt. Yep. In the main event, uh, Bellator two twenty one, but prefer Patricio knocked out Michael Chandler to become a two division champ. And there you go. He's a two. He's a champ, champ. The champ, champ. <laughs> All right, so we have some other crazy stuff to talk about, right? So 1FC, 
Uh, just recently was on Friday night. Uh, it was based in China, right? This this one. Yeah. And Sage Northcutt made his debut, and to say it didn't go as planned is is an understatement. <laughs> um, Sage was knocked out in like the first thirty seconds of the fight. And uh, it was vicious, like super vicious, like broken. So face. vicious that Sage had eight fra- or eight fractures in his face, and nine hours worth of surgery. So we wish you the best and get well, Sage. Uh, that's all we're gonna talk about with that fight. Uh, yeah, man, just get well. Thanks. All right, so. Uh, we're going to talk about just, I, we're going to talk about the main card, uh, for UFC Fight Night 152, because there is a lot of stuff that we've been covering today, so we want to definitely make sure we get this in. Uh, so let's start off from the bottom up. Actually, before we do that, Anthony, is there any fights in particular that you want to talk about that were on the prelims? Uh, let me look at that prelim card. Um, I know. Oh, everything really happened. I mean... I mean, the, uh, the only real one that I was really surprised on was Ed Herman uh, KOing Patrick Cummins in the uh, first round. Other than that, everything else was kind of looking what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, it, I thought all of it looked really good. I was pretty surprised with the Julio Arcer versus Julian Arosa fight. Um, man, like, Julio was just, like, setting off the world with his vicious knockout. But then, um... Uh... Is it Michael Pirania? Uh God, man, he had that first round knockout with a uh, a flying. It was like a flying knee, and then it was a it was a leg shot. I can't remember if it was a flying knee, and then it was just a straight jab, and it knocked out Danny Roberts, which was brutal because Roberts just laid flat on his back, and he was just out, out, and it was oh my god, it was a it was a great knockout. So as we're talking about all these fights, if you guys aren't getting the picture yet, there was a lot of finishes, eleven to be exact, which ties it for the UFC for the most in one event. So let's move on. Let's go. Let's just jump right in, right? So we had uh, Davy Ramos versus Austin Hubbard. Uh, this went decision. Uh, so stat wise for this, seventy six one twenty eight total strikes for Davy, uh, sixty three for one fourteen, three of seven for takedowns. Austin. Four forty-six of one nineteen uh, and forty-four for one sixteen for total strikes. So great! It was a great fight for him, um, for Davy. Uh, as far as like the decision went, it was unanimous. And I'm trying to remember uh, 30-27, 30-27, 27 So all three rounds went to to Davy. What was your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. On the fight? When, you, when you take down a guy, every, when you take down a guy every round and him uh you're gonna you're gonna grind out a good win and that's what he did you're right i mean you're right he definitely put it to him he i mean it looked it was a great win let's put out there so moving up charles oliviera versus nick lentz second round ko for charles um brutal i don't even know how to use the word um one knockdown for uh charles 46 43 of 64 uh, significant strikes was 38 of 59 with one submission attempt. 
Nick was 21-53, 18-49, and at 2-4 for four for his takedowns. Anthony, what was your thoughts? A shout-out to, uh, to Charles Oliveira. He, uh, whew, glad, to, glad, to, glad to see that win because uh, that makes it five in a row, six out of the last seven that he's won since his loss to, Ricardo, to Anthony Pettis and Ricardo Lamas. Um so he's going to be moving up in, in those ranks, and I'm really excited to see what he's going to do uh, here soon. Yeah, I have to agree, man. Like, he's he's going to be up up and up in the ranks, so it's going to be a great great shots for him. Uh, Vincent Lukek versus Derek Krantz. Uh, this also first-round knockout uh, by punches. Uh, TKO. So big big ups to Vincent Lukek uh, on his domination. Uh, total stats wise, 18 of 25. Total strikes, significant strikes with one knockdown. Uh, Derek Krantz, 9 of 23, 6 of 18, and then 1 of 2 for his takedowns. So, as you could tell, uh, Vincent was looking to finish this fight fairly quick. I do follow him on Instagram, and it's fun to follow him. Uh, by the way, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, Correct you. It's Vincent Lukey. Nope. And he is the man. If you don't know who he is, he fights with Kumar Usman. He trains with Kumar Usman and Rashad. They are all at the same gym. Um, at But how crazy good is this dude? If you don't know how crazy good he is, look at his stats. I'm bringing him up right now. Um, one, two, three, four, five. He's on a five-fight winning streak. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine out of the last ten, he's won. The only fight that he's lost was to Leon Edwards, and that was in March of 2017. Over two years ago is the last time he's, lo- he's lost, and I really think that he's going to break into that top ten soon, and maybe even the top five. It's vicious. So I definitely, I definitely like seeing where things are going right now. It'll be interesting to see uh, where Vincent goes, like, towards the future like i just can't wait uh women's featherweight division megan anderson felicia spencer first round submission for spencer it was amazing she ended this shit with a rear naked choke and uh just great grappling all around so big ups to uh felicia spencer on that one definitely um really really surprised with how Megan Anderson uh, handled that fight. She didn't look very good. But nonetheless, I'm not going to take it take away from that winner. I know. Megan threw. She was three for six in significant strikes and five for eight in her total strikes. Like, not a good look there, girl. You got you to gotta throw more if you want to control a fight. Moving up. Co-main event in the middleweight. Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Ian uh, Heisek. Decision, all three round, uh, went all three rounds, uh, unanimous decision at that, 29-28, 29-28, 29-28, all for Ian, um, how did you score this fight, Anthony? 29-28, I did think that Antonio did get that, I think, I think it was that first round, let me tell you though, this Ian Heinish is crazy, he got taken down, he was getting up, and he saw that, uh, that Antonio had his head wide open as they're getting off their knees and started album in the head. I'm like, homeboy knows how to 
Homeboy knows. Homeboy's been jumped before because that was crazy reaction by Ian. <laughs> I have to agree with you on that. I do have to agree with you. And finally, our main event. The event that if you guys don't, if you guys aren't on Addicted to the UFC on Facebook, you would have seen the banter that went on between Anthony and a bunch of people. <laughs> Speaking of know, it's getting... just one guy. <laughs> just one guy. And let let me pull this up for you. Well, hold on. Because so RDA RDA wins this, this fight by submission, arm triangle choke in the fourth round. Um, so big ups to him, Kevin Lee. You know, hey, Kevin Lee is a tough fighter. We acknowledge that. Uh, total strikes right seventy five of one twenty six. Uh, for RDA, 60 of 111 for significant strikes, 4 for 7 of his takedowns with one submission attempt. Kevin Lee, 40 of 102 for total strikes, significant strikes, 35 for 97, 6 takedowns uh, out of 16 for Kevin Lee. Now, I know Anthony is like, really wants to get this out there, so go on, Anthony. Let us know about I what want, happened. I, I, just, I, just, I just want to get this off my chest. And this is the reason why. So I'm on Facebook. I'm part of this group that's called Addicted to the UFC. Cliff might have gotten me into this group. I'm making waves already. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and there's a post out there that says RDA is going to pick up a easy win over Kevin Lee. And then there's people sitting there, yes, no, yes, no. And then I'm sitting there just, if you look at the chain, L beat Lee. Al Quinta beat Kevin Lee. Donald Cerrone destroyed Ally and Quinta. And RDA beat up on Donald a few years ago. If it goes down the chain, RDA should win easy. This dude, and don't get me wrong, respect that you're a fighter. You fight, you're one and three as an amateur, but you're fighting, and I'm not. Half the reason I'm because I'm out of shape, fat, and old, and I'm about to get in shape. But anyway, so he says... This Isaiah Corzantes says, Lee will beat RDA and keep the real chain going. And I said, real chain, RDA's losing streak, two-fight losing streak, he lost to Kobe Covington and Kumara Usman. RDA will make it three out of four for Lee that has lost. He said, who did RDA lose to? Wrestlers. Who is he fighting? A wrestler. It'll be a good matchup, but RDA is on a decline. And I respond, I'm like, RDA lost to two top wrestlers. Lee just lost to a lower-tier striker in Al. Al is tough. He's not the best striker. And Donald showed that. I was like, when he catches leg kicks, RDA will fold. Or RDA, or that's what he said. And I said, and and he said, he also beat a top five guy has the meanest kicks, which he does. Edson Barbosa has the meanest kicks. But Edson Barboza is on a decline, as we've seen in the, in the past. I was like, and so this, right after the fight, you know, I had to get on there and troll a little bit. And I said, Isaiah Corzantes, how did Lee do? He's like, but was it easy? I'm like, RDA looked fresh. And if you watch that fight, RDA looked fresh all four, all, all four rounds. Um, RDA, every time RDA got on his, got his, on, got taken down, he got back up. Um, I was like, RDA looked fresh all fight. He never was real in real trouble. So easy question mark? Yeah. He's like, Anthony, 
Yeah, now you're just being dumb biased. I give the credit to RDA, but it wasn't easy. You're just a fanboy that don't know nothing. I am not a fan of RDA. I'm, I'm a fan that, that I'm a fan of a fight. I am a fan of how good of a defense RDA has, but I'm not a big RDA fan. I just got respect for the dude. Um, I responded back with a couple things saying, when was RDA in trouble? Every time that, leg, that Lee got his back, RDA defended. Lee got stuffed on takedowns 10 times. Every time RDA got taken down, it was only for about 30 seconds. We can be honest here. It was 30-27 going into fourth, and when Lee took his last shot, you could see in his face he was done. And, and, and to be honest, I'm just here's the thing. I'm tired of people that, that, that do fighting thinking that they know everything about fighting. If you really think that that RDA was in any kind of trouble during that fight, your head's up your ass because RDA outstruck him, RDA outkicked him. He looked good. Yes, Kevin Lee definitely did more pressure, but it didn't do anything to RDA. The pressure didn't didn't affect him. He kept boxing him, and then when Kevin decided he didn't want to get hit in the head no more, he went for a, for a takedown and got stuffed ten times. Yes, he got he took him down a couple times, but he didn't. He got back up. RDA, RDA was definitely RDA's jujitsu outpowered Kevin's wrestling, and if if you disagree with that. You're crazy. Sorry, end of rant. <laughs> it's okay. It's funny, though, because we talked about, like, uh, you know, just what define easy win or the how easy. You know what I mean? Like, define that. Are we talking about, like, Ronda Rousey, like, arm barring Misha Tate easy? Or are we talking about, like, Jose Aldo getting knocked out by Conor McGregor easy? Or are we talking about, like, what do we, what do we define easy? You know what I mean? Like, People just are gonna tell you like, oh, it wasn't it wasn't an easy victory. It doesn't matter if it was e- a victory is a victory. It doesn't matter how it happens, controversial or not. Like if you took an L, you took an L. We talked about that with Brock Lesnar and Mark Hunt. We've talked about that a couple years ago, where you know Brock Lesnar popped positive for uh, steroids after Mark Hunt lost the fight, and they ruled it a no contest. We've talked about so you can you can say what you want. Guys initially won the fight, but it is what it is. I mean, John Jones, he we don't we don't even know about John Jones, right? Like everybody keeps talking about every victory is tainted because he has steroids in the system or whatever. It is what it is. Whether you win or lose, it doesn't matter how easy it was. Toretto said it best: whether you win, whether you win by an inch or a mile, winning is winning, and that's all that we see. Agreed. So. That's enough about the UFC. That's kind of out of the world of MMA for right now. Um, actually, for the next for the next couple of weeks, right? I think like next first, June first is hard. Yeah. Uh, so with it being said, though, we got to jump into the main boxing fight that happened uh, May eighteenth. Like we just got to be honest. I don't even call it a boxing fight. The beatdown of Wilder. Um. God, this was vicious. And just watching the straight that was thrown by Wilder and ending his opponent's night where he just laid flat on his back, it was vicious. That's, all, that's, all, that's the only word I'm going to ever use in my life. <laughs> it's vicious. It was nasty. 
it was uh, crazy to see it ended that fast. I am right now really trying to find the, uh, the stats to this thing. Here it is. I got it. So, here it is. You ready for this? Yep. <laughs> it was uh, total punches, 9 of 35 by Dante, 2 of 10 by uh, Brazil. And if you guys don't understand what that means, it was quick like. It was very quick like. I think it's funny, though, because but- as we're recording this, 54 minutes ago, so 10 minutes after we started officially recording this, Tyson Fury said, Dante Wilder is the second baddest man on the planet. Like, dude, he knocked you out. Like, I don't care what you say. Fury was out. He was laying on his back, and the ref was counting. And when they brought they brought Wilder on uh, the Joe Rogan experience, right? And Joe was like, hey, how's it fighting Tyson? Yo, Ty- <laughs> Wilder said, he goes, the ref was doing the count, right? He was like, one, two... Three, four, <laughs> making the count longer and longer to try to get Wilder more t- or try to get Fury more time to stand up. And he said it. He's like, I'm watching. I'm literally watching this now. <laughs> it was it was so funny listening to Wilder talk about it. But at at this point, man, when he knocked out Brazil, uh, there was just there was nothing. Brazil was just Ooh, out my flat God. on his back. Completely gone. Yeah, <laughs> you hear Anthony's reaction as he hears it for the first time. <laughs> Never really got to watch this. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, like jab by Don, jab by Fury, jab by Fury. Oh, there's, there's, there's a, uh, oh, oh, there's a hook. <laughs> it was a hook. He's six, six, seven. He says, "I'm gonna get up." So eight. Like what is good? What's this referee doing? <laughs> this, he, dude, his brain is rattled. Ah, oh, dude, that, that, that and it, it, that was a a draw. Yeah, <laughs> it was considered a draw. What? I just, I just like the fact that you're just like this news to you. <laughs> I, I, well, no, the fact is, I, I, I knew that he knocked him down. But I, I thought he got back up. I did not know that he laid on his back for good God. He laid on his back for like fifteen let's, seconds. Let's find out. <laughs> let's find out. There. We at the twenty one at the two twenty one mark. As answers. <laughs> it took him six seconds. It took him six seconds to realize the referee is counting. That's what I'm saying. Like He's giving him twenty seconds. Yeah, that's what he I'm saying. He gave him twenty yeah, dude. All right. So <laughs> I officially have changed my mind on that fight because I really thought Tyson Fury was was no. doing good. Um, Tyson, Tyson took my the- bad, Dante Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Dante was like, yeah, it was very suspicious when the ref was counting off to me, counting off, and the sl- count was just getting slower and slower and slower. <laughs> oh my god, that was the best. <laughs> so, oh man! So, anyway, so that, this sets up. Does this? Does this really set up Dante Wilder versus Anthony Josh, Joshua Anthony? I think. I think Wilder wants Fury again in the United States, and I don't blame him. I don't either. You know, yeah. Gosh, that was just amazing. 
<laughs> um, Jesus. I just, whew, that hurt me. <laughs> but, yep, that's what I'm saying. I was like, it was it was vicious. So, it is what it is, though. I would think that Wilder wants Fury again. Uh, we'll see if Fury wants Wilder, because that would be interesting. Um, I really want to see Anthony Joshua and Dante Wilder go at it. That'd be really cool. You might get that. Who knows? We know we know how boxing is. Corrupt as shit. Corrupt. But that's it for us, man. So, Anthony, you want to give a little bit of love? I do. Hey, guess what, guys? We are halfway through this pregnancy. My my beautiful fiance Aaron is twenty weeks and three days along her pregnancy. We're uh, we're getting there. Um, I am gonna shout out the norms. Uh, twenty two, baby. Uh, something very, very close and dear to me. Cliff's heart. Twenty two veterans die every day from suicide. That because they lost. They, they're losing a battle mentally. That or even emotionally. That that they're scarred from, from doing what they did. Um, I don't know if really if any of my friends that, that watch this, I went golfing the other day, yesterday, and kind of had to put it to a couple people that are, who I consider close friends, saying that, yeah, there's a couple people that I know that, that I, that there are, are in the military and say, I wish you were on the front line. You, you don't know what it, what it is to be like on the front line. I told them, until you're man enough to, Sign that dotted line saying you're, gonna, you're willing to give your life away. When you're willing to, to sign on that line to say that, yeah, send me, send me to a war. And go do it, what we did over there, they can't talk. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're successful in, in, in their personal careers. They will not bash on veterans. They will not say things to people like this that have signed their life away, have signed that dotted line of, of knowing what they could go through. Until you're willing to do that, shut your fucking mouth. I I am part of this group called uh, Vet to Vet Life Crisis Team. I am the Nebraska contact. I this weekend, this week, this last week was a full moon, and it got to people. Uh, Thursday night, not much sleep because we were on call. It was a crazy weekend with things going on. Um, so shout out to that team. Shout out to Team Twenty Two. Shout out to Vet to Vet Life Crisis. Um, we're going to raise awareness. We're always going to raise awareness for that. And not just that. If you're a friend, if you're a listener, if you're a random off the street and you're having troubles and you need someone to talk to you, stop me, call me, message me, and let's talk. I've been there. I've seen the barrel of a gun. If you want, if you're having life troubles and you just need to talk, you need to, to vent some air. Or if you're really needing to find some kind of resource to get help, message us. Um, I love you guys. I really do. Um, it is something that, that I hold near and dear to my heart is suicide because I've lost some soldiers and I've lost some friends. I will always have you guys' back. If you guys want to message me, follow me on Instagram. It's Anthony Lujan, 1985. Uh, Twitter and Snapchat is a Luhan 1985. Follow me. I follow you. Let's send some crazy shit. <laughs> you know, and on that topic though, um, of veterans and suicide, um, I just want to give a big shout out. Um, not a big shout out. Um, my, my condolences, I should say. I want to get, send out my condolences, uh, to Ashley, uh, Masarno's, 
uh, family. Um, so, you guys who don't know, Ashley was a wrestler for the WWE from 2005 to 2008. Uh, recently, she was making her comeback uh, to get back in a ring. And unfortunately, at the age of 39, it did not happen. Um, there was no foul play to it, so it looks like it was uh, self-induced. Um, so it's very sad to see right now. Um, but our thoughts and prayers uh, with Franken Culture, Frank Steiner, Get the KO, Nerds of Roundtable, uh, and the Franken Culture Show, uh, our hearts all go out with uh, the Masano family and with her daughter. Um, so we understand, you know, the heartache that you're going through. And we just want to send our thoughts and prayers with you. With that Definitely. being said, you guys can reach out to me, uh, CM underscore Miller 85. That's on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, uh, now on Reddit, as well as Discord. So you guys can find me on all those channels, PS4 as well. Uh, that's what my name's under. Um, and that's pretty much going to do it for us today. So, Anthony, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell them bye. Me too. And as always, good fight and good night.